And let's start here at Romans 8. Tonight's Healing and Miracle Night. First Friday of the month, we're believing for healings and miracles to take place in the lives of the people that come, are watched by live stream. In Romans 8, we're going to start here. I'll give you just a second there. Make sure the ushers are done. Romans 8. Anybody like Romans 8? <laughs> if I was on a desert island and I did not have a Bible and a page of the Bible floated up to the island, I would hope that it would be Romans 8. I could go a long way on Romans chapter 8. If that's the part that came to the shore, I would be a happy camper. In Romans 8, in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Notice, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. If you are struggling with any infirmity at all, the Holy Ghost wants to help you out of it. I think a lot of times what happens is people try to get out of their disease all by themselves and never look to or yield to the Holy Ghost. Are you following? I mean, the Spirit of God, the Word of God and the Spirit of God are in the earth realm to help us live in victory. We need them both. It's amazing how far the early church went on no Bible, no books by Kenneth Hagin, no books by Kenneth Copeland, no internet where you can... It's amazing how many miracles they saw, how many healings they saw, and how little word they had. They had some letters floating around. They had the Old Testament, the, the Pentateuch. They had the, you know, the, the old law. But when it comes to the whole compilation of the Bible, all the scriptures, all the, the, uh, the letters, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Revelation, all that, they didn't have it like we have it today. How'd they get such amazing miracles? Great dependency on the Holy Ghost, the helper in the earth realm. See, we are a word and spirit church. In that order, but we are a word and spirit church. You say, well, we're a word church. We're a word church. Great. That's, that's a really good half to have. But we need to be a word and spirit church. For one reason, I mean, you know what's so interesting to me? Is that a lot of people are calling out to God for help in their marriage, in their finances, in their health area. And, and then the Lord starts dealing with them about the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Spirit. Maybe going to that church that teaches being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues. And they're not seeing that as their answer. They're just wanting some healing to come the way they want it to. And God's pointing them to the helper. How I many know there's one helper in the earth realm from heaven? Right? Jesus called him the helper, the comforter, the helper, the Holy Spirit. Well, if we're not interested in the Holy Spirit and the things of the Spirit, we're actually forsaking the help that God's trying to get to us. Oh God, I need help in my marriage. And God says, Holy Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. Study that out. Be filled with the Spirit. Maybe go to a church that teaches believe in being filled with the Spirit and speaking with other tongues. Well, to resist that direction is to resist the answer to your prayer. 
Oh God, we need help in our marriage. And God says, you remember that church that preaches being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues? Go there. Check out a service or two. Go there. And they go, no, that's not my answer. God, my, my family needs help. And God said, I'm trying to help you. There is one helper in the earth realm. His name is the Holy Spirit. And if you're not going to be interested in him, I can't help you. So many people's help is in being filled with the Spirit and living a Spirit-filled life. It's amazing what happens when you're filled with the Spirit. Let me put it this way. It's amazing what you don't have room for when you're filled with the Spirit. How many of you would like to be so filled with the Spirit, there's absolutely no vacancies for depression in your life? There's no space for disease in your life. There's no place for fear in your life. Hmm? Give no place to the devil. You know the best way to give no place to the devil? Have no place in you for him. You're filled up with something else. Many people's answer, in a lot of these areas of praying for miracles and healings, many people's answer is just be so filled with the Spirit that you either displace or have no room for the diseases of this world. Hmm? <clears throat> this scripture says the Spirit of God has been given to us to help us in our times of weakness and in times of infir infirmity. Now he lists one of the weaknesses. Infirmity means weakness in this verse, but it can also be translated other ways. But one of the infirmities he lists here is right after that word infirmities. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. Here's one of those weaknesses. Are you ready? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. That's an infirmity. That leads to other infirmities. This is like a root infirmity. Not knowing what we should pray for as we ought. We all know how to pray. We all know to a degree what to pray for. But when it comes to specifics and fine tunings where you see specific results, the Spirit of God's got to help us to pray. Now, notice it didn't say that the Holy Spirit does all our praying for us. He is not responsible for our prayer life. We are. He helps us in our infirmities. Do you know what that means? That means you have a part to play. I got a part to play. Actually, the word helpeth, if you look it up in the Greek, it's a really long word. It's, I can't even pronounce it, but super long word. And it means take hold together with against. That's what the word helpeth means in the Greek. Take hold together with against. I like the picture of the old-fashioned saws that took two men. That's the Holy Spirit on one end. We're on the other end. He helps our infirmity. He will help you get out of any disease, any infirmity, any sickness. Amen. So to me, this emphasizes, I want to be as full of this helper as I can. You know, the more filled we are with the Spirit, the easier it is to be led by the Spirit. Hmm? Which divine protections all over that. I mean, how many know if people would be more in tune to being led by the Spirit, they wouldn't be in accidents? Did you know that? I was actually, oh, it was sad. I just, I don't know if any of you have heard the great, great Christian um, psalmist. One of the best of our, our day. I mean, he's in heaven now, but he died at 28 years old in a plane wreck. Mm 
Keith Green, he, uh, one of the best psalmists this world has ever heard of, prophet, I believe. And uh, they, they went up in an airplane one day and they had his two children. His wife stayed behind and she was with child. And, but he and his two kids went on the plane. About six other people went on the plane. They circled around, looked at their land down at Last Days Ministries in Texas. And they got in the plane and the plane crashed and they all died. This is like, he's like 28 years old. I mean, if you've ever heard his music, you know he was an amazing psalmist. Now he's a psalmist on the other side. But um, 28 years old, that's, that's young. And what's so interesting is I heard Melody Green in an interview just about a week ago talk about that day where he said goodbye. And she said goodbye when he was getting on the plane. They didn't think they were saying goodbye forever, uh, you know, until they see each other in heaven. But he said, she said, you know, when Keith was leaving to get on the airplane, he said, well, Melody, um, and these aren't, you'll get the gist of what I'm saying because I don't remember the exact words, but he said something like, um, we'll see you in a little bit, but if I don't come back, you know, uh, name the child or, or raise the child like this or whatever. And, and I kind of just said it, you know, if I don't come back. And she kind of went along with this. Yeah, well, if you don't come back, I'll take care of it. Now, I stop and I think, because I back up when I hear stories like that, I think, okay, now what? Something obviously was trying to get his attention. Mm-hmm. World calls it a premonition, intuition. I call it the inward witness. The Spirit of God bearing witness with our spirit. Well, one of the number one things He bears witness with our spirit is that we are children of God. You know on the inside that you're a child of God by the witness of the Spirit and by the Scriptures that say you're saved. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Well, did you know He wants to bear witness about other things in your life? He'll give you an inward knowing and a witness about who you should marry or not marry. I mean, that would be a good... Good thing to hear the Holy, from the Holy Ghost on that one. <laughs> Pastor, they're Prince Charming. Today, they may be Frankenstein two years from now. And God knows if they're going to be Frankenstein two years from now. And He'll bear witness with your spirit. I mean, everything may feel right in the natural. Right? Everything may feel right in your soul. But totally not be the will of God because God knows the hearts of all men. He knows the future. And we're dumb if we don't look to Him in these areas. And we've got life, I mean, life saving testimonies of this being led by the Spirit. I mean, life saving. I mean, Carlo shared that a while back. But. And so when I heard that thing about Keith Green, I thought, you know what? I think the Spirit of God was trying to get His attention. Don't leave right yet. Stay at home for another hour and pray. And I know in my life, I've seen some things that were not good happen to me because I was not developed as I should have been or I was in too much of a hurry. You know, if you're in too much of a hurry, it's going to be a little more difficult to hear the still small voice and the promptings of the Spirit on the inside. I really think a lot of people today need to slow down. Usually when you're in a hurry, you're more in the natural. You're more tuned into AM instead of FM. And G, you know, like let's say the Holy Ghost is broadcasting on FM. You're not going to pick up one thing on FM if you're on AM. Right. There's this natural realm, and then there's the spirit realm. And I'm telling you, this is the day and age. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. <clears throat> Just because it feels right, looks right. We were talking about this in our... We have a Sunday night Bible study in our neighborhood. And we were talking about this, how... That, you know, you just, when it comes to being led by the Spirit, you, you can't just, 
so many people are led by need. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by need? I have to do this. I have to go. The tickets cost eight hundred dollars. You cannot. They're not even. They're not even open at all to the fact that just maybe, just maybe, you know, one in a thousand or whatever. Just maybe, just maybe, the Spirit of God might say, "Don't go on that trip. At least don't leave today." All that's on their mind. Eight hundred dollars. So they just go. They just, they're not even listening to the Spirit of God. They just go. That's eight hundred dollars. You can't just be led by need. I have to go. I have to go. This is it. Yeah. $800 and or not being in a plane when it goes down, right. which is more important. You know, you hear what I'm saying? You, you got to watch out about opportunities. Pastor, I got this opportunity. Opportunity is not a leading of the Spirit. Are you listening? This is how Jesus was led his whole life. Um, weather. How I many know weather is not a good lead leader? No. I'm, I'm telling you, it could be stormy. It could be thunder, it could be lightning, and Holy Ghost still says go. Because he knows everything's going to be alright. But how many know it could be a clear, clear sky, blue day, clear, clear blue sky day, right? And the Spirit of God said, don't get this flight, get the next one. Mm-hmm. But I already paid $700. Slow down. Tune in. Because mm-hmm. there are some things in life way more important than money. I mean, I, I just, you know, Carla shared this a while back, but the Spirit of God told her one time to get all the kids out of the front yard into the backyard, and right after she did that, no, no sign in the natural why she should do it, just had an unction, a witness in the side, get all the kids from the front yard into the backyard. Just a few moments after that, a neighbor came out with a gun and started shooting around the neighborhood right across the street and then shot himself and killed himself. And who knows, a kid could have got shot, but even a kid could have saw that. Mm-hmm. And right there. Well, what, why, why, why get the kids out of the front yard? They're having fun. There's no cars out there. It's fun. If something on the inside tells you to do something, and you know the voice of the Lord, even to a degree, yield to it. Because He's into saving lives. I've seen things happen in our life that weren't good because of... I remember one time, this is many years ago, and you know, one of them's in heaven now, and the other one's out, out somewhere. I don't know where she's at. But there was a couple we hired in the church to put on staff. And they were qualified. Uh, when I say qualified in the natural, they, they'd gone to the Bible school. They got the training. They, they were mature. And we thought, wow, all this lines up. So, you know, I didn't even pray about it. I said, come on, help us with some counseling in the church, you know. And not too long after that, they didn't do real well in their counseling. And they were saying things they shouldn't have said and doing some things they shouldn't have done. And I went to the Lord about it and said, Lord, these people are kind of hurting the church, are hurting us. And the Lord told me, it's your fault. I thought, what do you mean it's my fault? <laughs> They're the ones that did the wrong. And he said, yeah, and you're the one that wasn't led by the Spirit when you put them in that position. Mmm. I had to realize, wait a second, even though they're the ones causing the problems, if I would have been better led by the Spirit, I wouldn't have even hired him by just looking at natural credentials. I remember one time I was talking to Keith about hiring some people on staff, Keith Moore. And I said, yeah, Keith, these people have been with us a long time, and they've been faithful. This person's been faithful, and, and they just love the word of faith. He looked at me and said, John, this is like years ago, I mean, over 15 years ago. He said, don't you ever hire anybody just because of faithfulness, just because they've been with you for a long time, just because they're loyal. You 
be led. Yes, look at those things. But if, if there's a check inside you that overrides all those other things, go yeah. with the check. Right. Of course you want faithful people. Of course they've got to be loyal. Of course they've got to love the ministry. But if on top of that, there's something on the inside that's not right about it, you have to go with the leading of the Spirit. Important stuff. I know this may sound strange. You know, Keith Green was, you know, a situation, and I've heard other situations where people have had similar outcomes. But, I mean, this is a small thing, but I put a pair of glasses one time on an, on an end table as I was sitting in my chair reading a book, and something inside, I didn't hear an audible voice, just, just like an inward knowing, get your glasses off of the table, Colby is going to eat them. Colby was our cocker spaniel. Did you notice I said was? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it, listen, listen. I'm sitting there reading, and I put my glasses out, and I, I ignored the Holy Ghost, just like all of you have done at times. I know we have. And I ignored the Holy Ghost, and I'm reading this book, and I heard this, just this inside intuition. Take your glasses off of the end table. Colby is going to eat them, because Colby liked to eat stuff. And I'm reading my book. I thought, well, you know, I, I didn't listen to the Holy Ghost, just like all of you at one time, I'm sure. And I'm reading a book, and I look over there, and my glasses are gone. And they're all chewed up. And I started getting mad at the dog, and the Holy Ghost said, get mad at yourself. Because if you would have been better led by the Spirit, those glasses would not have been eaten. That was a $100 mistake. But you can see how it could be a, even a, on a higher scale than just a $100 mistake. And so this is, I believe, being led by the Spirit is one of the most important messages the body of Christ could ever learn. How you can be led by the Spirit of God. Tremendous, tremendous teaching. I like, you know, when, when Paul was getting ready to go on the boat, he was a prisoner, actually. Rome had apprehended him because he appealed to Caesar because the Jews were trying to kill him. And he said, I've done nothing wrong. So they, they basically got him in custody, put, getting ready to put him on a ship. And Paul said, this is what he said. Paul said, to the owner of the boat, to the weatherman and to the cat, the centurion. Paul said that the prisoner said this, Sirs, I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Now, listen to what he said. He said, Sirs, I perceive. That's somebody who's learned on the inside and developed in their sensitivity to the Spirit of God. Sirs, I perceive. Listen closely. Go to Acts 27. I want you to see it. He said, Sirs, I perceive. Oh, you already got it up there. Man, we have anointed people in this church. I'm not surprised. So Paul said, getting ready to go on the boat, getting ready to sail to Rome. I perceive. See that word perceive? You see that word perceive? You see that? Any believer can have this kind of perception about anything. Life and death are just a pair of glasses and anything in between. We need to develop our perceiver. And there's some things we can do to develop. And I'll, I'll t say that. But he said, Sirs, I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Where'd he get that from? How'd he know this thing that was right around the corner? Oh, that's why I tell young people when I think about getting married, because I say, listen, you need to just seek the Lord. You put all your emotions aside for a while. Put all your feelings aside for a while. Pray, fast a little time together if you need to, and really seek the Lord because two reasons, two reasons. God knows the hearts of all men. 
He knows if that heart is not going to be adrift. He knows if that heart's going to stay. He knows that heart's going to be more committed to God, less committed to God after a marriage. And he also knows the future. Right. Whew! You want to talk to the person who knows the hearts of all men who knows the future before you make decisions, especially big ones like marriage or moving. Or So he's, he's getting ready to get on a boat. He's telling them. Now go to the next verse. Check this out. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Keep going. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, inconvenient. I know you've got to watch about, about being led by inconvenience or convenience. Come on, are you seeing this? It, they, they're, they're reasoning this thing out. Paul got something from the Spirit. They're trying to figure this thing out in their brain. It said, The haven was not commodious to winter, and the more part advised to depart thence also. So everybody's against Paul here. If by any means they might attain to Phoenicia and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete that lies toward the southwest and northwest. Next verse. And when the, the south wind blew softly, the weather looks great. A lot of people aren't even with us today because they were weather led mm. instead of spirit led. Wasn't the Lord's will at all that those tragedies happen. It's just when you, when you don't see some of these things, right. you pass on. So the south wind blew softly. Oh, the perfect day to sail. Supposing they had obtained their purpose, they loosed from thence and they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. And when the ship was now caught and could not bear up the wind, we let her drive. If you read the rest of this, this boat just basically gets beat to pieces. It says that, that the sailors and, and the soldiers, they are like freaking out. I mean, if sailors and soldiers are freaking out, it's a bad storm. The sun and stars did not appear for many days. All hope that we should be saved was lost. They threw all the tackling, all the stuff overboard to lighten the ship. They all knew they were going to die. They had not eaten for days and weeks. And Paul comes up. If you can find that verse, I think it's a few verses there. Paul comes up from, I guess, below and says, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me (laughs) and not have loosed from Crete. Yeah, right there. Now I exhort you, be of good cheer. There shall be... Can you go to the verse before that? But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. Y'all should have listened to me, man. But here's the good thing. You ready? Even if you blew it, even if you went against a leading of the Lord, if there's a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking believer on board, everybody's going to be all right. Might lose the ship. You know, some of these people that mock Christianity, make fun of Christians... It's interesting to me that one of those believers could be on an airplane that's destined for destruction. And if they really knew what a believer could do and the favor of God in a believer's life, they'd be glad there was a believer on board. Because Paul's a believer, and he's the only reason they all didn't die out there this day. 
This thorn was supposed to kill him. So it said, Paul stood forth in the midst and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened to me and not have loosed from Crete and that to gain this harm and loss. Keep going. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Who knows, a wave might have just hit him in the face, you know. Paul is a faith man. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. And let's read the next couple of verses. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, now, now this, is, this is guidance through angels. This is interesting here. First it was, I perceive. And if he would have, they would have yielded the perception, they never would have had to have this. Fear, the angel said, fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. In other words, Paul, there ain't no storm that can kill a believer who's on a mission for God. And then a snake bite. You know why he didn't die? Because he couldn't. He had to fulfill this word. You must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given you all them that sail with you. Isn't that awesome? So they make it to land. They make it to an island. The ship blows apart. They all make it to an island, wait for another ship, and then they sail on to Rome. But that's such an interesting story because this was a life-saving leading and they all would have died if Paul hadn't been on the boat and an angel hadn't appeared to him and he wasn't sold out to God. And just important stuff, guys. Kenneth Hagin has a book out entitled How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. It is a book written for the end time church. I've owned more than one copy because the pages start falling out. I read it so much. End time book. How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. Another end time book is called The Believer's Authority by Kenneth E. Hagan. How You Can Be Led by the Spirit and Believers of... Two books that were written by the Lord through the prophet for the church in these last days. Valuable to the max. Not only for yourself and your house, but for the people you're called to minister to. So that was a side journey. But come back to Romans 8.26, please. I want to show you some more things here. Actually, I'm going to tell you the title of this tonight because I think... If we, if we share it now, it'll, it'll get down in your spirit as we talk about these things. I really felt impressed to entitle this message for Healing and Miracle Night, How You Can Be Healed Through the Law of Displacement. Anybody know what the law of displacement is? The glass had milk in it, but clean water poured into it for so long that it displaced all the milk. See, we're vessels. The Bible says we're vessels. You can be a vessel this, a vessel that. We're vessels, right? Well, a vessel cannot be full of milk and full of water at the same time. It's just a violation of a natural law. It's impossible. You can't have a, a, a glass filled with Coca-Cola and crystal clear water at the same time. It could be mixed, but it can't be full of Coke and for you Pepsi lovers, it can't be full of Pepsi, which I can't tell the difference, and full of crystal clear water at the same time. So, if you don't like something that's in your life right now, you don't have to wait for God to initiate a healing towards you. You can displace it by getting so full of His Spirit and so full of His Word that there becomes no room and no place for those things you don't want. This is, a, this is one of the best ways to get healed, and it's one of the best ways to stay healed. Stay filled 
with God's Word and the Spirit of God so much that if these things do try to come against you, they see a sign around your neck that says, no vacancies. How do you like that? Did you realize you can live such a Spirit-filled life that there's no room for depression anymore? You can flush it out. This is how I got delivered. I know. I know what I'm talking about. This is how I got delivered. There was a couple times when I was a real baby Christian where I just cried and the Lord plucked me out and delivered me from, from things that were coming against my mind and my body. After a few years, I just cried like a baby and I didn't get delivered. He said, son, you're going to have to start walking and you're going to have to start feeding yourself. And this was a big one. He said, you're going to have to start rebuking yourself. Because it's my plan that my children grow. And so I was thinking, I, I thought there was something wrong at first. Well, I, I prayed the same prayer. I did everything I did three years ago, and it didn't work. And the Lord said, it's not supposed to keep working like that. You're supposed to be growing, just like in the natural. You feed a child for so long, right? You do errands for them for so long. But pretty soon, you say, hey, you lazy thing, you were born with legs. Go to the fridge yourself. <laughs> if you want a piece of bread or a cookie or whatever. Right? And that's a good thing. That's, if everybody keeps doing everything for us, you can't always help people by making it easy on them. Permanent help comes from personal effort. You can't always help people by making it easy on them. So, um, let's, this scripture says that the Spirit of God is going to help us, primarily in the area of our infirmities, and a lot of times not knowing how we should pray is an infirmity that leads to physical problems. Physical infirmities. This is a prayer infirmity. This is a inward thinking, how to pray infirmity. But you know, if you know how to pray, you can get delivered from anything. Jesus said the prayer of faith will save the sick. And there's no if, and, or maybe about that verse. The prayer of faith will save the sick. What things serve you desire when you pray? Believe you got it and you'll have it. That's an effective prayer. And the Spirit of God will help you to pray that prayer in the way you need to pray it and see the results the Lord wants you to see. So I just wanted you to see here that the, the Spirit of God is sent to help us to get out of our infirmities. You got that? If you need help, you need the help of the Spirit. Yes, we need the Scriptures. Are you kidding me? First and foremost, we need the Scriptures. But we also need the help of the Spirit if we want to see some of these infirmities out of our life. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about one way already. And if you go to John 14, you'll see it here. For one thing, if you're filled with the Spirit of God and you're listening to the Spirit of God and you're in tune to the Spirit of God and you're sensitive to the Spirit of God, He's going to teach you exactly what you need to do to get out of a problem you're in. Right. He's going to tell you exactly what you need to do. Look at this scripture in John 14, in verse 26. Everybody say, Thank God for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the helper. He says, and Jesus said, talking about the Spirit of God, in verse 26, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name to you, He, the Holy Ghost, shall teach you all things. Alright, let's just stop there. Does that mean he will teach you how to get a healing in your life and a sickness out of your life? 
If it doesn't mean that, he shouldn't have said all things. He will teach you how to be healed of cancer. He will teach you all things. He will teach you how to get a miracle that the doctor said there's no cure for. Or a financial miracle. He will teach you exactly what you need, you need to know, and he'll teach you exactly what you need to do to get the things you need in your life. Isn't that good? You know, it's so good just to dive in the Word and study the Word. But you know what? It's good to, to pray at the same time and have your spiritual antenna up. Because, let's face it, this is, a, this is 66 books here. This is a lot of books. How many know the Spirit of God knows which Scripture exactly you need to ponder right now? Which one that your spirit really is deficient in right now? I mean, there's a lot of words in here. Isn't it nice to have the Holy Ghost? It's kind of like preparing for a message. It's like... When I, every time I prepare for a message, I mean, there's a thousand good messages I could preach. But I like to pray until something floats up. I mean, if I just start, right now just started reading out of Psalm 119, we'd get blessed. If I just started reading right now out of Ezekiel 27, we'd get blessed. But I want the full blessing. I want you to have the full blessing. So I got to pray and find out which scripture is the best scripture for you right now. That's a heavyweight advantage to have the Holy Ghost. So if you need help, I'm telling you, the helper is here. So move with me now to another verse. Ephesians 4.27. And I'm going to say this as you're turning there. As the deeper we get into these last days, the deeper we get in the end times, the deeper, closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more vital it is to live a Spirit-filled life. Okay, just, just take my word for it. If you haven't experienced it yet, you, you will. You'll see the need for this in the next few months and years, I'm sure. But it is vital. It is vital. We need to be as serious about being filled with the Spirit before we leave our house as we are being dressed before we leave our house. We need to be as serious about being filled with the Spirit before we leave our house than to have breakfast before we leave our house. The other things are important, right? Dress before you leave your house, please. And you might want to get something to eat if you've got a long work day ahead of you. Well, even more important, I'm seeing more and more, it is, it is unsafe it is unsafe in public schools. It's unsafe on the job. This is an unsafe world. There is, there is trouble all around us. It's only the mercy of God and the protection of God. We haven't all been gone a long time ago. But it's unsafe to leave your house without, being, without getting some word in you, and without praying in the Spirit and worshiping God for a while. And I am, um, you know, I, I think what we need to do is we need to get in the habit of we need to get to a place in our spiritual walk to where it's no longer a chore to do these things. It's a part of our daily life. We actually enjoy it. We've seen the benefits of it. It needs to be fun. Works way better if it's, if it's fun to you. So here it says to believers, neither give place to the devil. Hmm. Well, that sounds to me like if the devil has place in our life, it's not because he's so big and bad, it's because we gave him that place. 
That is such a great scripture because if we're told to not give place, one translation says give no place to the devil. One of the coolest things about this scripture is if he says give no place to the devil, we can give no place to the devil. If he has a place in our spirit, in our soul, or in our body, it's not because he's so big and bad. We gave it to him. I mean, let's face it. If the devil could just push on people anything he wanted, we'd all be ashes a long time ago. We'd all gone crazy a long time ago. He can't just make people do things. and he has, We have to give him place. Many people give place to the devil and the things of the devil ignorantly. They don't know how to shut the door. They don't know how to resist. Churches haven't taught like they should, maybe in some of these areas. But let me, let me say this to you now. We're going to talk about just for a few minutes about being filled with the Spirit and how you can get sickness out of your life and not even have to wait for God to, to initiate it. You can initiate some things yourself, like the woman with the issue of blood. She initiated her own healing. Jesus didn't even know who touched him, let alone ministered healing to her. She pulled it out of him. And if she would have waited for God to initiate that healing, she might have died with an incurable bleeding disease. But she decided, you know what? I'm not waiting for the Lord to come over here and initiate a healing. I'm going to him and I'm going to take a healing that I know he came to give. You know the Lord didn't minister that to her consciously because he didn't even know who touched him. This is the thing a lot of people don't realize. There's different ways to be healed. One out of many ways, one out of many ways is God initiating a healing for you. That's just one out of many ways. There's many ways to receive healing from the Lord. A lot of people are waiting for God to initiate a healing when they could be doing something to initiate their own healing as a family member with family rights, not realizing, I don't have to wait for God to do this. You know, I mean, He's the one that does it in every realm, don't get me wrong, but one of them is His giving it. The other is us as family members just taking what He's provided. One of the best ways to be healed is to take what the Lord's provided for you. Let me say this before we read next, the next verse. You don't have to, uh, excuse me, the, many believers have problems in their life. Listen here. Many believers have problems in their life simply because they have room for them. I mean, there's an enemy out there. There's disease out there. There's the curse of the law out there looking for openings. But what if you're filled? Pastor, what do you mean? Filled with the Spirit. Overflowing. Filled with the Word. The Word of Christ dwells in you richly. You're filled. Right? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What if you pigged out on the Word every day? You'd be full of the Word. What if you prayed in tongues and spoke divinely inspired utterances every day? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. What if you did that every day? You'd be Spirit-filled and you'd be Word-filled. Which means what? Which means... You're getting rid of stuff that now you don't have room for. This is such a great way to be healed and it's such a great way to stay healed. Because a lot of people get delivered, but then they never get filled. And then the same problem comes back with seven more problems worse than that problem. And, and sometimes the last state of that man is worse than the first. Come on, the whole reason we got clean is to get filled. To get clean... And to not get filled could actually be very dangerous. 
Jesus talked about the unclean spirit went out of a man, walking through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. And he comes back and says, oh, look, oh, look, the person, the place where I used to live, it's clean, it's empty, it's swept, it's garnished, but it's empty. So he comes back with seven spirits more wicked than himself. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. I heard Willie George say this a long time ago because he had a tremendous children's ministry. And sometimes little children have, would have problems with the enemy. I mean, I don't know, things going on in the family, witchcraft or whatever, and demons would get a hold of little children. And he said, I will not set a little child free from a demon power if the parents don't commit to do some things to get that child filled once they're free. Because Peter said, if you go back to the vomit again, like a dog goes back to the vomit, and people go back to the pollutions of the world they got delivered from, he said, it'd been better for that man not to be saved than to know the way of righteousness and fall back again. That's heavy stuff. That's why local churches are vital. Oh, just, let's just go get people saved, Pastor. We don't need to be bringing people to church. And you better bring them to church because just getting them delivered today doesn't mean they're going to be delivered two weeks from now. Getting free is not staying free. There is effort needed in staying free. And one of the efforts is planning yourself in a local church where you're under prayer covering, hearing constant word catered specifically for you, reading your Bible, doing your devotions. Stay in fields is, is not the same as, excuse me, staying free is not the same as getting free. You can be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And from these scriptures I just quoted. They're heavy scriptures, but they're in the Bible. Sometimes we've got to look at them. So in Ephesians 3, what if you had no place for sickness? Not a trick question. <laughs> Anybody, go ahead and shout it out. What if you had no place for sickness? You'd be healed. Then you'd have no sickness. Right? Give no place. Get, neither give place to the devil. Right. So... Let's talk just for a few minutes about being filled with the Spirit and the connection of living a Spirit-filled life and living in health. Does that sound good to anybody? So look here in Ephesians 3. This is a prayer I pray for the church a lot here. I pray for my family. It's in 3, verse 14 through 19. Notice a few verses. Now I'm going to read a couple translations that Helen does not have back there. But let's read out of the King James first. Paul said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's getting ready to pray, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And we know we got family in heaven, family on the earth. Here's what he's praying. I'm praying that God would grant you Ephesians and Grand Junction ends. He's praying that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Great prayer. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. How many of that right there will get you healed? You could be so strong on the inside, you just kick disease out of your body on the outside. I mean, no, the stronger you are spiritually, the more health you're going to be able to walk in. Sickness does not look like this overwhelming mountain. You can grow stronger than the mountain. So he's praying that God would strengthen them with might by his spirit in their inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That has a lot to do with healing. That you being rooted and grounded in love, which has a lot to do with healing. Mm -hmm. Faith works by love. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled 
with all the fullness of God. Wow. What if you're filled with all the fullness of God? Is that even possible? Totally possible. Why would he pray it? Right. Not only is it possible, it's the will of God that it happens quick. Right. Come on, guys, you need to know having God in you is not the same as God filling you to overflowing. Do you understand? When you're born again, the Spirit of God comes in you. But that doesn't mean you're filled with the Spirit. It means you're born again. It means there's a well of water springing up to everlasting life. But that's not talking about the rivers of water that could be coming out of you. Two different experiences. Born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. So, if you're filled with all the fullness of God, how much room does that leave for depression in your life? How did it get out of your life if you had it in your life? Through what we like to call the law of displacement. <laughs> to me, it's so cool to think you can be so filled with God that it can flush stuff out of your life that you don't want and it can keep you in a very protective state if you stay filled. Huge deal. What did I say just a few moments ago? Many believers have problems in their life for the one simple reason they have room for those problems. There's something about being filled with the Spirit. Now notice, I'm going to share a couple things here, and then we'll, we'll close here pretty quick. But let me read you four other translations of verse 19. God in you is not the same as being filled with God. How many want to be filled with God? Oh, Yeah. So the WAND translation, W-A-N-D translation, says in verse 19, Through the conception of the love of Christ, you will attain to the complete measure of the wholeness which is of God. Anybody like the word wholeness? Through the conception of the love of Christ, you will attain to the complete measure of the wholeness which is of God. Amplified says that you may be filled through all your being, which would include your body, Unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled, flooded with God Himself. Goodbye, sickness. I mean, God comes flooding in. Come on, really? Good sickness stay in that? Beck translation says, Be filled with all that God is. And the authentic translation says, Filled with the immensity of God. Yeah. Well, come on, man. I mean, how can you have that and a bunch of disease at the same time? There's something about being filled with the Spirit that puts you in a position of resisting the devil successfully and receiving healing power and miracles successfully. See, when you're filled with the Spirit, you talk different. You know, a lot of believers are in trouble today because of the way they talk. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. When you're filled with the Spirit, you know how to talk. Even when the pressure's on. When you're filled with the Spirit, you know how to think better. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you know how to believe successfully. Good stuff, church. All right, go to one more scripture with me. Acts chapter 6. Did you all read your chapter yesterday? Here's another thing about being filled with the Spirit that will help you get healed. Really big deal. It's, it's kind of a side issue, but being... F actually, it's not a side issue. <laughs> it's a very big deal. 
Being filled with the Spirit will help you get totally free from guilt and condemnation, which kills your faith. Guilt and condemnation just totally destroys your confidence. Hmm? And when you're, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you can comprehend supernatural forgiveness. Hmm? When you're filled with the Spirit, guilt's not going to hold you down. You're going to boldly take what belongs to you. People are going to go, you can't do that. You've sinned. You've messed up. Well, you're obviously not filled with the Spirit because if I, I'm either forgiven or I'm not. Right? And the Holy Ghost will help you comprehend that. You're either forgiven or you're not. How many know if you're forgiven, you can be healed, you have much right to be healed as Jesus has a right to be in health. And that's what people can't... Peter, he denied the Lord three times, cursed and swore he didn't know Jesus. Three times. That's how you don't get to heaven. You deny the Lord, you don't go to heaven. So he committed a very big mistake here. Three times. About 50 days later, he's a pillar in the church. I mean, you don't see any condemnation in his life at all. Matter of fact, he's the one that said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And And Ananias falls dead for lying. Peter just lied 50 days ago. Why didn't he fall dead? Hmm? Three times he lied about knowing the Lord. Ananias falls dead. Sapphira falls dead for lying to the Holy Ghost. And Peter's used. His shadow's getting people healed. How do you go from committing the worst mistake of your life to about 50 days later, your shadow's getting people healed? That doesn't make sense. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. It's supernatural. Between... People getting healed in his shadow and being a pillar in the church and him committing the greatest mistakes of his life, something amazing happened. He got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues, and now he's comprehending things that most people don't comprehend. I know in my life, I mean, just the things that I've come through, I mean, the the guilt, the condemnation, it'll kill you, it'll kill a ministry, it'll kill a family. And I, the only way I know of to come out of certain problems and certain mistakes is you got to get filled with the Spirit or you won't even be able to comprehend supernatural forgiveness. There's just a knowing on the inside of you that you can be free and clean no matter what you've done. A lot of people don't have that knowing because they're not living a Spirit-filled life. They're trying to reason it out in their brain. Well, I can never go back in the ministry and golly, nobody will ever trust me anymore. That you try and comprehend forgiveness with your own brain. The Spirit of God will tell you, not only can your family be restored, not only can your ministry be restored, but you'll go farther now after the greatest mistakes of your life than before because I'm going to show you things about recovery and mercy and grace and you can go tell a bunch of people in the world out there how they can get the same victory. It's interesting to me that Peter did a hundred times more after he committed the greatest mistakes of his life than before. But something else happened after the greatest mistakes of his life. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting to see Peter doing so much more after denying the Lord three times than even before he denied the Lord? How does that happen? It's supernatural. He got rid of guilt and condemnation. The Holy Ghost helped him to get out of condemnation. So in Acts 6, let's just close with this here, but I wanted you to see this because... Not only will being filled with the Spirit help you get healed, it'll help you minister healing to others 
in a greater degree. Acts 6, verses 1. And we'll read a few verses here. Ministering out of overflow. So in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look out among you seven men. This is the qualifications to serve tables in the local church. Honest report. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of wisdom. Whom we may appoint over this business. Just stop for a second. In the early church, it wasn't enough just to be born again, to serve in the church. You got to be honest, full of the Holy Ghost, and full of wisdom. Interesting. Why? Because church is a very important business. And you don't just put somebody in a position in a powerful business that doesn't know how to resist the devil and deal with condemnation, all these things the devil will try to throw their way. Next verse. But Peter said, we need, we need the helps ministry so we, the apostles, can give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Because if they had to do all those other things, their ministry would not have been what it could have been. People would not have been helped like they could have been helped if the apostles had to do all those things. They needed the ministry of helps. Next verse. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. That's a miracle, man, where everybody's pleased by the decision made. And they, now notice, and so they chose these seven men to wait on tables in the daily ministration. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procreus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. When they set, when, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. Let me just say right here, when people find their place in the church yeah. and people start helping like they need to help, I mean, there's no, there's no unimportant positions in the church. Right. This is what happens. The word of God increases. The number of the disciples multiplies in Jerusalem greatly. A great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen full of faith and full of power did great wonders and miracles among the people. Interesting how that's worded to me. Stephen did. That's not waiting for God to do something. Stephen did. But I'd like to put it this way. Because he was so full of the Holy Ghost and so full of faith, it was actually the Lord doing it through him. This is where effective ministry comes from. Effective ministry comes from being so full that there's something overflowing right. from your life to the people that are in need all around you. Ministry is supposed to come out of overflow. This is why you need more than enough. This is why you need more than enough for yourself. This is why you need to have extra. This is why you need to have too much. Because your too much is your ministry to people around you. This was overflow. People were getting miracles. They were getting healings. Wonders were being performed because God was overflowing. A lot of times we try to do ministry in our own power. Why don't we just get so full of God that if somebody bumps us, God overflows and they get healed? 
I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be ministering out of our overflow. So not only is being filled with the Spirit going to displace things out of your life that you don't want anymore, it's going to help you to minister to others more effectively. Everybody say overflow. Overflow is amazing. That's why we need more than enough money. That's why we need more than enough anointing because that's where our ministry comes from. Overflow. Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost and His overflow got everybody healed, got everybody delivered. Amen. All right, let's stand up. So I'm going to say this before you go tonight. Starting tomorrow morning, starting tomorrow morning, make sure you get some word in you. Make sure you get some praying under your belt. Make sure you get some worshiping of God under your belt before you leave the house. Why? Because things are going to try to find empty places on the inside of you. I mean, let's face it, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's going to be very hard to be a sad person. Right? I mean, it's going to keep depression out. Joy in the Holy Ghost. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're going to know how to think, talk, and believe, and that will totally affect your physical health. You're not, we, don't have to, we don't have to do this in our own power. We can get so filled with God, it's where He's actually doing these things through us. If you want to be successful, let God fill you up. Because He's already successful. Father, we just take this word tonight, Lord. We're going to do what you said. Father, we are going to wake up tomorrow morning. We're going to read your word. We're going to pray. We're going to speak in tongues. We're going to worship you. And we're not going to leave our house without getting some word and some infilling of the Spirit on the inside of us. So, Father, we just thank you that we can live a life free of sickness, free of disease, because your word is true and your word will keep those things out. We thank you, Lord, that we can flush anything out of our lives that we don't want. And we can stop giving place to things that we don't want by living a Spirit-filled life. We do this, Father, with your help. We thank you that it's happening and we will glorify you with the health, the prosperity, the strength, the wisdom, and every good thing that being filled pours into our lives. We thank you for it, Lord. Let's just speak in tongues for a minute. Kitale fremeti osukoposha if you don't pray in tongues, just worship the Lord. Just tell Him how much you love Him. Let me just say this, if, you're, if you've never spoken in tongues and you want to speak in tongues, it's not hard, friend. It's very easy. It's a gift from heaven. You don't have to earn it. All you got to be is born again. The same way you got born again is the same way you received the Holy Spirit, by faith. You have faith in the grace of God to fill you. You have faith that Jesus will do exactly what He says. So I just want to say, if you want to be filled with the Spirit tonight, and you want to be able to pray in tongues and speak in tongues... I want you to just pray this prayer and then just, like the rest of us, start speaking from your heart. Just turn up the volume and speak from your spirit. Don't wait for the Holy Ghost to do it for you. He doesn't speak in tongues. We speak in tongues. And when we start speaking by faith, He will meet us with words and it will be powerful. So just say this, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I thank you that I am born again. You are Lord of my life. I'm saved. And now, Jesus, I ask you, just like you told me to, 
I'm asking you this very moment to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Now say this. Now just like everybody in the book of Acts who spoke with tongues, I am going to speak with tongues. And as I do, you're going to help me. And it's going to be powerful. So Jesus, you did your part. You filled me with the Spirit. And now I do my part. I speak in other tongues. Now just speak from your heart. Just love the Lord and say, Pukutana eshemanita. Oh, bakahati fiegala. Jamate, giniano, brondo frocota, jepokosukustofo, jonote, griviana, empre, kidaja, keeto, mongonia, veganishi, edobobuku. Just lift up your voice, church. Lift up your voice. Koto fumonka de kalakadiski palanato. Shonoda egrevinisa eromo pokodofie zikolomo pombon jondefla egre jivata embra de kimamaso kokotolomo provokotave. I heard the Spirit of God say this as we were praying there that some of you have done some things that you're, you're not proud of, you're not happy with, you've sinned, you've messed up. Everybody has. Don't, don't freak out. You've asked the Lord to forgive you. And I heard the Lord say this. I heard him say this. Quit feeling bad about it. Believe you're forgiven. Believe you're clean because you are. Now, when the Lord tells you to stop doing something, don't try. Just do it. I heard the Spirit of God say, stop feeling bad about those past sins. You're yielding to something you shouldn't be yielding to. The Bible says there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. You've repented. That's walking after the Spirit. You're honest with the Lord. That's walking after the Spirit. Condemnation just doesn't just leave you. You've got to make it leave sometimes. Just say this. Guilt, get off my shoulder. I'm forgiven by the blood of Jesus. I'm clean. I'm forgiven. And I go forth with boldness. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord.